the storm, Hail Marys, I make it pour. Good, I ain't lying. You little giants, we been defying. Price. What's the cost? Be the boss, breaking down the walls. We all in once the coin guitars. Got the plan of action, never acting. No need to scramble to get traction. We make it happen. From three fours to four threes. The founder of Slapdick Podcast, Slapdick uh, Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars, and the author of uh, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jason Brown. Straight, no chaser, real raw and uncut. Coach, every time you come on, I laugh, I learn something, and then I fear that somebody's going to be incredibly pissed off with what you said. All around hustler. Make no mistake about it. I've done this a long time. Try to eliminate this soft society we have. There's legends. Hate me now, love me later, like my book says. This was presented by Slapdick Whiskey. Hey, Hell yeah. Hey, Slapdick yeah. Whiskey's good, so are the Stogies. Some real talk, real good flavor on these things, and the burn is excellent. Beautiful burn. Okay. Yes, sir. Slapdick Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars. Be true to yourself and see if, if, if some shit changes for the, for the worse or for the better. They asked me to do a podcast. They said, let's call it the Slapdick Podcast. It is the Menace Takeover Day 2 here on Hate Me Now, Love Me Later on the Real Coach JB's channel. We are from Menace to Sports. If you don't know about us, go check us out on YouTube, forward slash Menace to Sports, the number two. Here to talk about, it's Work Boot Wednesday, Chris. JB calls it Work Boot Wednesday. You got to strap them bitches up and go to fucking work. So we're here to deliver. We're a college football show. And so we talk a lot about college football. I'm a former college football coach. For those of you that don't know me, uh, similar uh, discard that JB had. So him and I have connected over the last couple years and he's out playing golf, hanging out with fucking celebrities. So we're here to hold it down while he's gone and give you something to listen to, something to watch. I can't go three hours like he does. He talks about <laughs> everything in the world. And I'm here to just, Chris and I, my co-host are here to deliver one solid hour of football content, maybe talk about some real life shit. Yesterday we talked about top five girls you want to smash, I guess is what it was. And so we're here to talk about all of it. But before we get started, I want to drop this ad read from one of our one of JB's sponsors here on the show. Go ahead, Christian. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, Bet Online has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head on over to the website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. That's where it starts. If you don't, if you aren't into sports gambling, I, I'll tell you this much. I, we started a handicapping service called Menace to Picks. And uh, once we started that, I started dabbling a little bit here and there. And it's mm. fun to do as long as you don't get out of hand. And you can win some serious money. You got, you got any knowledge on, on sports and, and if you leverage these tools out here. So go check out Bet Online. I know JB talks highly of them as well. So what up, Chris? Man, chilling, dog. I'm in a new location today. You know, life of an intern. I'm just like a world traveler here in uh in Akron. I just go from place to place and take my setup wherever I go. I mean, like it looks like you are the internet troll of the world. Like in in, in your mom's basement somewhere. Like need a haircut. Mm. Like are are you an internet <laughs> troll, Chris? I am. I am the Twitter guru that everybody's afraid of. I am one of them. <laughs> I am that. <laughs> I am him. I am, I am him. him. So here's what we're gonna talk about today. I want to talk about who should be the commissioner of NCAA football. That's the topic. So I want you to drop in the chat right now who you think it should be. We're going to talk about Nick Saban and and Mike Leach might be an interesting one. But I'm curious, who should run college football? This is like who would be the best for the sport, the best for the athletes, the best for the teams. And we're going to talk about kind of my vision on what college football should be. We touched on it a little bit on our show, which is 1230 every day on YouTube, on our channel. But I want to go a little deeper into it and talk about what this should look like. Chris, mm-hmm. and, and we're also going to talk about a bunch of other shit Chris wrote up here. He has these audacious college quarterback <laughs> comparisons. Like, who is C.J. Stroud compared to next year once he gets drafted in the NFL game? And so we'll go through that. A bunch of other shit, but enough preview. Let's get to the show, Chris. 
All right, Zach. First of all, I want to talk about the the ACC commissioner because he was talking crazy, man. Like like uh, a lot of these commissioners, you know, they have they have a stance they have to take. They have to do they'd have to do a lot kind of for their conference. They have to prop it up. But the ACC commissioner, unasked, just decided that you know what, it was his turn because everyone's talking about these two super conferences. But the ACC commissioner feels like Zach, the ACC is the best conference in the world, hands down. Is this him propping up too much? Just a lack of self-awareness, Zach. What does he know that we don't know? Um, he he's obviously just blind. I, I don't know. The ACC, I mean, out I don't know what conference is worse, the Pac 12, maybe. But I, I mean, I I even just because only only because of Clemson that you could even consider the ACC better than the Pac 12 or better than the Big 12 without conference realignments, right? Mm-hmm. So be, best in the world is just they're they're at their very best, if you want to just give them a gift, they are the third best conference in college football. And that's not even debatable. They're not as good as the Big Ten. They're they're light years away from the SEC. And I would contend that the Pac-12 is a better conference. The mm-hmm. Big 12 with Oklahoma and Texas is a better conference as a whole, top to bottom, than the ACC. I, I, I just, I can give them third at best. But yeah. to, to the claim that they're the best conference in the country, I mean, that is truly... That is just that conference pays that guy's paycheck, so he's got to say that. They're, that's just absurd. Think about if Pitt was anybody else's champion, Zach. Like, Pitt just won your conference, and you're over here parading and celebrating like you are the best conference. Like, could you imagine if Pitt won the Big Ten, Zach? Or if Pitt won the, AC, the SEC? Like, only in the Never ACC happened. is it okay. Exa- only in the ACC is it okay for a terrible team with a six-year quarterback to win the conference. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, Utah would immediately be the second best team in that conference. They would have been the best team in the conference last year. And you look at, you know, they go to any conference, Oklahoma, Texas, at they would have been at worst second best team in a conference. It's just the conference is bad as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, and Miami falling off, Florida State falling off. So, you know, some of those schools that have been powers at one point, them falling off just made the overall brand lackluster. It's just not a great conference anymore. They need Miami to come back. They need Florida State to come back. But now with conference realignment, I don't know if those schools, you know, are those schools is even it too late? Yeah, is, is it too late, Zach? Because like for the ACC, maybe they could be a really dynamic conference. In the NIL era, you think of Florida State spends, you think of Miami spends, you think of Clemson spends, maybe that could be like the three horsemen of, of the conference. But is it too late? Are those teams going to get poached by the SEC uh, before they're able the to spend thing, their The only reason why, this, why the commissioner of the ACC has a point, right, is because – the ACC still has life. Mm-hmm. The Big life. 12 and Pac-12 are dead. I mean, dead on arrival. DOA, fucking done. They took the two two teams from the Pac-12, and now you're looking, you're looking at Oregon and Utah and Washington maybe, and it's like, oh, shit, what are you guys going to do? The ACC is intact, and, and, and I've said it forever. I mean, I, I know a couple coaches at Florida State. I think Mark, Mike Norvell is doing a good job. I think Miami and Mario Cristobal has a lot of momentum. If those two programs can come back, and Florida State can become who I've been saying they might become for a year now. Now the conference has three decent teams, right? They also own the rights to Notre Dame. Mm. And it like it ain't a bad it ain't it ain't a bad third conference now. All right. So to his point, they're far better off than the Big 12 and Pac 12. But to say they're the best conference is just fucking stupid. It is silly. I mean, they, they do a lot of upside, Zach, because I want to talk about Miami for a sec. I think Miami can kind of move in an upper class. I think that Clemson's taking a step backwards. Mario Cristobal's done a really good job recruiting in the South. Can you see a world where Miami kind of passes Clemson as the dominant team in the ACC? Well, it, it's the slide. The trends have to continue. That's the reality, right? And Clemson last year was somewhat of an anomaly. And I, I do think that it is indicative of what's to come for Clemson because of Dabo Sweeney and because of the coaching turnover, losing Brent Venables, losing both offensive coordinators. I mean, it, it hurt. Right. And Dabo's refusal to go to the portal to get a player. His, the NIL just, he hates NIL shit. When, when the George Floyd (laughs) stuff was going on, he was outwardly being racist. Basically. I mean, they had a coach call a player, the N word and, and, it just so much has gone on in the last right. couple of years that it looks like a complete implosion. And I, I think that there will be some balance. The, 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 the pendulum will swing back towards Clemson being a good football team this year, but I think the damage is done. And over time in five years, I don't think they are who they were. 
And so if Miami continues on the trend they're on, I could absolutely see Miami being that team or Florida State for that matter. I think Clemson is closer to dead than you think. Like, I think they're much closer to dead. And the reason why is because for the better part of the last decade, Zach, you know what they've been able to hide behind the roster holes and everything? They've been able to hide behind generational quarterbacks. Zach, it looks yeah. like they've run out of generational quarterbacks. Well, that's like, just what it is, right? And, and they, they haven't built – they didn't build Clemson the way that Ohio State is building their program, correct. the way Alabama did, the way Georgia is. Like, Clemson did not build it on – a very high level, like elite recruiting cycle machine and excellent development, putting guys in the NFL. That's not what they've done, right? They've, they've done it with, like you said, they've, they've been fortunate. They went from Taj Boyd to Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence. They had general, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal quarterback. You guys, you call program changers. Absolutely. And then program changer after program changer. And people forget Chad Morris was the hottest thing in college football Mm -hmm. when he took over that offense with Taj Boyd and some of the stuff they were doing RPOs and some of the stuff they did was so innovative. They don't have that credit him. You credit him with inventing RPOs. Don't you like when you guys went to study it? Yeah, pretty much. He, he, cause he was a guy that pushed the envelope and sometimes didn't care about negative consequences. And I told the story before about they put in a pass protection that we were trying to come up with and they put it in and when we went down and studied it i'm sitting there talking to chad morris tom herman and i were and we're asking him like all right well what do you what are your answers like what if he blitzes and he just laughed he's like yeah we didn't think about that before (laughs) before the bowl game but taj got hit three times by that motherfucker so so we changed it and now if i think he's coming i just yell to him like hey hey check check (laughs) we're sitting there like what What you mean check you yelled to him don't you guys play big time college football? Like they can't fucking hear you. He's like, I know that's what everybody says, but Taja hear me. I just yell, hey, and he hears me and looks over and we change the play. Dog, was I'm that like, what if he you, doesn't hear you? He just died. Was that after that was after they beat you? Yes. I would have been us. I would have been pissed. I would have been so oh, like so if they're hot. just oh my goodness. But that is that, that's how Cle- Clemson is not operating and never has been operating on the level of Alabama's of the world, where it's you know, very, very detailed, like CEO operation. Like you mm-hmm. imagine what Apple corporate looks like, right? That is what Alabama looks like. That's what Ohio State look like. looks like. That is not what Clemson looks like. Clemson looks like they're a bunch of fucking gee golly shucks guys that are just trying to be creative and they got generational quarterbacks and then they had this wild defensive coordinator that did all kinds of crazy shit and they had some success. Mm-hmm. But the longevity of that success was never built on a, a concrete foundation. It reminds me a little bit of Florida State, Zach. Like Florida State had the generational quarterback fitter and all the kind of the weird stuff with Jimbo Fisher there. They won the natty um, and then immediately kind of fell off and those things stopped happening. Um, it is interesting to me because when you, when you say that about Dabble and how they run their program, that kind of makes Miami the worst. Like Mario Cristobal's Miami team, that makes them the worst nightmare for Clemson because the way way Mario builds it, I mean, he was, what, f- f- fucking CIA agent? Like he's he's cut from Matt Cloth, square jaw, military. It's like that's yeah. the one guy you don't want to be playing every year. But I'm just telling, just from being around some of these coaches, like you can tell from a guy's demeanor, how he carries mm-hmm. himself. Like this guy is going to be a badass CEO of a program. You had that feel with with Mario Cristobal, Nick Saban, obviously, Urban Meyer, obviously, even Kirby has that. And, Greg Schiano has it too, as, as much as, you know, people want to shit on him right. for kind of where his career went with the Buccaneers, but he had Rutgers playing at an unbelievable level. So there's just certain guys you're around. You're like, man, this guy, when he runs in a corporation, it's going to be efficient and extremely detailed. When you meet Dabo, you're like, is this our fucking hunting guide to go hunt alligators? That's what it's like. You feel like it's just some redneck out in the backwoods. It's like, let's go hunt hogs, boys. What you think? If we go over here, you smoke them out. I'll stab them, wrestle them. The dogs will get them. It's like, it doesn't feel like CEO at all. Yeah, you're right. It's like, it's it's someone at a bar versus someone who you trust to run a, a Fortune 500 company. Um, that's kind of where I think that the game is going gonna, is gonna to pass them by. I want to I ask about Florida State. Mike Norvell, does, do you, does he have that square jawedness that uh, can run a company type feel? Or is Sim- yeah similar similar? And I don't I've been I've met Mike twice mm-hmm. I think, but so I don't know him very well as much as I know the other guys that I just mentioned. But I know a couple coaches on their staff, and he hired a, a legit staff. And uh, one I've said one of the best young minority coaches in the game. Well, fuck minority. He's one of the best young coaches in the game. Never mind he he is a minority, which is going to be great when he ascends to the top of the ladder. But their offensive line coach Alex Atkins is unbelievable. So I love his hires. 
I th- I just think they're doing things the right way. I mean, I know the, the guy that runs his recruiting, Ryan Barto, is a, is is a stud when it comes to high school relations and recruiting. So he he has the right pieces in place. Mike Norvell does, and we'll see if he can get it done. He just came into mo- the most train wrecked, fucked up culture. Willie Taggart was the worst college mm-hmm. football coach maybe in our lifetimes. That's how hope, bad he was. I hope he gets a shot, man, because it feels like everyone's just kind of waiting on Deion, Deion Sanders to prove himself as as the coach over there, and they want to bring him up. At least that's kind of the the message board take, and I'm a message board warrior guy, um, yeah. so that's kind of that's kind of where where I get my come ups. But I do want to talk about program changers, man. I want to flip to the SEC real quick before we circle back to Nick Saban and talk about conferences. Our guy Mike Leach and realignment. They have the Nico kid, five star. Some of the services have him as kind of the um, the number two overall player in the country behind Arch Manning. I think he should be ahead of Arch Manning. I don't know if he's the number one player. Um, but could Tennessee be the team that gets that program changer? And could they kind of replace Georgia on that side of the map if Kirby Smart doesn't figure out the quarterback play? Because I don't think you can you can build a dynasty of one side unless you have dynamic quarterback play. And I think that Tennessee may have it and Georgia may not have it, barring what happens in the next 12 Well, I, I think that Tennessee's at such a pivot point in their program, a lot like when they fired Phil Fulmer, and that was the, they went the wrong way, right? They fired a guy who was extremely competitive in the conference year in, year out, and they brought in coach after coach that was just fucking terrible um, and just buried their program. And so I think they're at a, at a crazy important point in their in their program because they they're paying nil money they got the quarterback recruit i think they have a hell of a quarterback in hendon hooker with a high ceiling if they can find a way to do something big this year if they can beat georgia god forbid they sneak in and win the east you're talking about a program changer the the momentum the buzz everything will change right and i you can't just knock what kirby has done at georgia correct correct He's recruited extremely well. He's just fucked up the quarterback position every year. So if he, if they can figure that out, I think Georgia's still the team to beat and will continue to be the team to beat. But at some point, you have to have elite quarterback play. You have to. I mean, one time I can think of in the last however many years, a team won the national championship without elite quarterback play, and it was Georgia last year. That's that's an anomaly. That's not going to happen every year. So they have to figure out that position. And if because if they don't, then they're it's in jeopardy. It's in jeopardy with a team like Tennessee. I mean, I'm not here for the Shane Beamer. I don't think Shane Beamer is like, he's not like those guys we mentioned with that aura and CEO mentality, but South Carolina looks a little bit better. Florida with Billy Napier, are they going to be able to turn a corner and, and start to rebuild back to the Urban Meyer glory days? Like there's so many question marks in the East that Georgia just needs to figure out the quarterback yeah. position and they will rule the roost in the East for years. They just, they can't fuck it up, though, because you're not going to win with defense every year. They had a generational defense. As an Ohio State fan, though, I'm kind of thankful that Georgia hasn't figured out the quarterback positions, Zach, because they recruit every position at such a high level. Like, they go get anybody they want. Zach, if they <laughs> they could take over Alabama if they figure out the quarter, quarterback position, but it feels like Kirby Smart, A, doesn't want to, and B, is not willing to take the risk. I do want to flip over to Alabama. They are the uh, the dynasty, even though, you know, obviously they didn't win the title this year. I mean, that is who everybody is chasing, including Georgia. Yes, including Ohio State. That is who everybody's chasing. Nick Saban's always in the news. He was talking about some conference stuff and, and, and the playoffs and kind of RPI rankings or whatever and kind of how, how that works. Zach, we need, we need a commissioner of college football. I think that that needs to be done. Who would you go get as a commissioner? And how would you set up playoff structure um, moving forward? Because obviously you disagree with how it is currently. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like how college football is run at all. Um, and I, I think I think Nick Saban's the perfect guy for the job. His retirement job should be to be the president of the NCAA. He could do it from home, do it on Zoom. I don't give a fuck what he does. As long as he's the one making these decisions, I trust Nick Saban to to guide college football back on the right path. And I, I've seen in the comments, Josh Pate, absolutely Josh Pate for CFB commissioner. Now, him and I have a little a couple disagreements here and there on playoff expansion and some of the things that he he believes should not happen, but that's fine. You're allowed to disagree on a couple things. I think he would be great for it too. He is obviously making that political push on his show to be the next college football commissioner. But I think Nick Saban, it's a, it's a perfect segue for him to stay in the game and still impact the game because Nick Saban truly loves the game of football and he believes that, that we should keep enhancing the game to make it better for players of, in the future. And so I think Nick Saban needs to be the conf, uh, commissioner of, of NCAA football. He does. I think they have to get back, like he said, to a computer-based ranking system. They have to, you know, incentivize playing good games mm-hmm. because 
you even mentioned it. Nick Saban had a quote where he said, you know, I'm, I've always been a firm believer in playing other schools in state. And what was the stat in 15 years at Alabama? Never, never played, played a school played in, in state. He's never played an in-state school, which I don't want him to. Who? I mean, I mean, who wants to watch that? I mean, I take that back. He's played Auburn. But okay. Yeah. Outside of that. Yeah. He hasn't played an in-state out of, out of conference school. So I think it's all about the quality of games. And so if we can incentivize playing good games and not the fear that one loss, you're not going to make the playoffs. I think that'll be huge for college football. Right. And all these, all this conversation about, you know, the bowl games, players sitting out of bowl games, it won't matter. You got two extra big games during the year that used to be like UAB. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I think that needs to happen. And then the last thing that needs to happen, they got to expand the playoffs so that those teams with one loss, they'll schedule big games, right? They'll schedule like Alabama will schedule Ohio state, even though they have to play Auburn and LSU and Texas A&M and Georgia, they'll schedule them. Cause they're like, yeah, you know what? Two, if we lose two games and we beat the shit out of everyone else we play, we probably still make the playoffs. And so you'll have more big-time games. And that's what this sport needs, big-time games. No, I agree. I think if you want to incentivize those big games, you have to expand the playoffs. Because right now, you lose one game, Zach, you might not control your own destiny. Like, you need other teams in front of you to lose. Um, would you go to six or eight? Uh, I think eight. Eight okay. just because then you could you could get a team in there with one or two losses that, that would be sitting on the outside because they played Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Georgia all in the same year. I mean, I want all those games to happen. So I don't want to go bigger than eight because I think that team at 9, 10, 11 can – I mean, honestly, it, they, they have no shot of winning it anyways. But if we get the ranking system right and it, we get a, an analytic-driven ranking system, a, 12, a, a 10 and 2 or 11 and 2 team – can be ranked ahead of a 12 and one team because they played two big, better opponents or whatever the reasoning is just because you played a strong schedule doesn't mean you're out. I mean, look at Arkansas schedule. Good God. If they win six games, they should go to a fucking new Year's six bowl. (laughs) The committee. What do you do with it? You throw the whole thing away. Throw it all away. The committee's dog shit. Let JB, let JB and I run the committee. I promise you we'll put the best eight teams in and it'll be fucking lit. It'll be I mean, it'll be the best thing that happened to college football. Let let JB and I just decide who plays. We'll Correct. just pick them, seed them, and everything. I promise uh, you, no one will be mad. Drop in the chat. I'm trying to see what everyone has to think. If you guys have a surprise playoff team this year or a surprise team in general that you are excited to see, let us know who you think. Zach, you didn't ask, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. My ideal perfect playoff is this. So you cut up the United States into four regions. You have a representative from each region, and they get to pick what team they think will win the whole thing and bring it to the table. And they each get to bring one team. It's like Battle Royale. And then whatever, the representative, if his team wins the whole thing, gets a huge cash payout. That's how I would do it. So who's going to be your Northwest team? Your Utah or Oregon every year? Well, no, like your Northwest representative. You you know, um, hey, Oregon better step up. I mean, Phil Knight, Phil Knight better drop a so bag. Literally by that model, you're going to have USC, Ohio state. Yeah. Some shitbag Northwest team. And then whoever makes it out of the Southeast gauntlet. Yeah. I mean, I might, I might cut it a little differently than that. I might no, cut it up. That. I'd rather, I'd rather have the fucking committee of oil people and, and bankers. No, you wouldn't. I but would. I'll, all right. So honestly, I would probably do the computer and I would probably have like a couple of the, the really smart football people kind of sign off on the recommendation of the computer. It's, uh, it's, I think that's a perfect I think that's system. what needs to happen. You need to have a human, yeah. uh, human a competent committee. Mm-hmm. That's the key word is competent. Because the problem is with all these fucking shitbag networks, ESPN, Fox Sports, and Fox Sports is a little better than ESPN, but the problem is they have guys talking to the masses, talking to, yeah. to football fans everywhere. It's NFL, it's college, it's every level, every sport. They have guys that aren't competent talking. The college football playoff committee is not competent. Mm. So we need competency at the decision makers table. That's what you have to have first. Once we have that, anything will work. You want to use computers. You want to not use computers. What it doesn't fucking matter. Just put competent people in a room and let them decide the best playoff structure and teams. And it'll be great. Do you believe in automatic qualifiers, Zach? Not really. I mean, I think that a competent committee will put in a, an, a, SEC qual- champion. a conference champion if they mm-hmm. undoubtedly deserve to be there. I mean, I if a team goes like the Big 12's been bad every, a, a handful of times, and there's some three, four lost teams in the championship yeah. game. Like, no, that 
that champion shouldn't be guaranteed a seat in the playoffs, but they should be considered yeah, by no, competent absolutely. people because they won the Big 12. Absolutely. I, I remember there was a time where people thought the uh, the auto qualifier was a good idea. That way to kind of prevent the SEC from getting two teams in. My issue with the auto qualifier is Pitt. Like Pitt just won the ACC. Where should they have an auto qualifier? My issue with the auto qualifier would be what if Northwestern beat Ohio State in 2020? Do, yeah. do we really want to see Northwestern play Clemson? So I, I have a big issue. I know Joe Clad, who I really, really like, was pushing for the auto qualifier. And part of that was because they wanted to guarantee a Big Ten team got in every year um, because uh, part of, I mean, the, the Fox network. I mean, you guys just got to follow the money back. But I don't love an auto qualifier. And I wish you could do a huge playoff, Zach, but you can't. And it it all it would do is get people hurt. Like you don't want, you know, 16 teams, 24 teams, however many teams kind of playing every single week because it, it just – First of all, you got to extend the season. Second of all, bleeds in the NFL. Third of all, I don't, I don't need to see uh, Ohio State playing, you know, a, a three-loss Baylor team. Like I, no. I, I don't need to see it. it no. It's just asking for trouble. So unfortunately, you're not really going to get real Cinderellas. But, but to that point, the Cinderellas are going to be the teams that run the table. Like to me, Cincinnati no was like, a Cinderella. You can't, you, you can't make an argument for a Cincinnati team that had one loss. Now, Cincinnati goes exactly. undefeated, and shit, they made the playoffs, so what are we mm-hmm. talking about? But sure. if, if a, a what do you call it, a group of five school mm-hmm. runs the table, goes 13, 14, and 0, we're at 13 and 0, now they should definitely have a shot at it, right? Because you don't know, they could be legit. They just haven't really played anyone. And yeah. so Cincinnati had to kind of front, you know, load up their schedule. They had Indiana, who ended up being terrible, but Notre Dame, and they beat Notre Dame, and they go undefeated, they make their case, and then they, they played well in the bowl game. I mean, they they – they hung around right in, in the playoff game. So I think an undefeated group of five team definitely deserves to get in. Yeah. Um, it's just, then you just can't have one lost group of five teams. It's like, all right, they beat up on a bunch of group of five teams and lost to Notre Dame. It's like, well, sorry, like you got to beat that Notre Dame team to make the playoffs. That is your playoff entrance game. Like you got to win it. You got to win it or you're going to be out. Zach, with all this, uh, this conference stuff, do you believe that the SEC should conference realign? Do you think they should fix their conferences east and west? Because right now it feels like the SEC East is pretty weak. I mean, they're going to have to do something. I mean, mm-hmm. the SEC West has been dog shit since. I mean, not. I'm sorry, not the SEC West. I think the SEC East, just the way those programs have turned, it's turned into just a one team race and. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can realign it. I mean, with Texas, Oklahoma coming in, they're going to have to bump somebody over, but regionally it makes sense. I think they just really need the East teams. They need Tennessee back. They need Florida back. Like they need the East to strengthen. They need the teams to hold up their end of the bargain. Urban would have loved the East like it is now. Like when you guys were playing in the SEC East, it was a war zone. And the West was awful. Yeah. All you had was Alabama. (laughs) I mean, LSU was, LSU was good. They were good. The East was a gauntlet. You had Spurrier at South Carolina. You, the guy at Vanderbilt actually did a decent job. I forget his name, the gray-haired guy. Mm-hmm. And then Tennessee and Georgia were a fight every year. So the East was loaded back then, and now it's it's like, man, some programs really falling off. The East was so good, and I was so young. I don't even remember who your rival was, man. And then were, were you uh, – I don't know if you were in the SEC at that point, but do you remember when Texas A&M jumped over to the SEC for the first year? And how oh, yeah. they boat raced everybody, they whooped everybody. Zach, yeah. I was around my little town in Akron parading that the SEC was garbage. I said they let a Big 12 team come in and take their money. Were you surprised that Texas AM came in and, and just that quickly was the team or one of the teams? I mean, they that was Johnny Manziel's era, right? Yeah. So they had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, and obviously they they built a solid program. Still would have let a redshirt freshman come into your conference. Yeah, I mean, I, it, was, conference. it was surprising. It was surprising. I, people thought, you know, Texas was Texas fans were laughing like you guys are about to get boat raced in the SEC, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was a little surprising. I think it humbled the SEC a little bit. I know Texas A&M is a little bit unhappy with Texas coming to uh, to the SEC. Part of why, why they left was to get away from Texas. Do you think if there is mass realignment, do you think Texas A&M could look to buy out of the SEC contract and, and join the Big Ten? Is it a fit in the Big Ten? Uh, no, I, I mean, it's not going to happen. I think it is. I think it is a, a decent fit in the big 10, but it, it's mm-hmm. that, that story has already been written. That chapter is closed. I, I just, I would like it. I think Texas A&M and the, and the big 10 would be nice. I, you know, I want us to get everybody. I want us to get Georgia tech. I want us to get Miami. I want us to get A&M because I think those are the teams that are going to, you know, those are the teams that are willing to spend, man. Um, yeah. speaking of spending Zach, 
NIL salary caps. Can you do it? Should there be it? Is it going to get out of hand? How would you change or adjust the NIL moving forward? I, I don't I don't even know at this point. I mean, number one, first and foremost, there can be no there should be you should not be able to get any kind of dollar amount until you actually are at a school. You mm-hmm. should and I know they have those bullshit rules. The NCA has bullshit rules, loophole rules. Like you can't you can't offer a kid an NIL deal until they're a college person right until until they're a college student college player whatever you want to call it that's all bullshit like i don't have to get you to sign the paper i can show you the contract tell you the contract and when you get on campus you sign the contract right and then you're dealing with and coaches i mean it's fragile right you can't just promise kids and then not deliver on those promises because you're seeing it now with jordan addison at usc like those kids are going to get pissed Mm -hmm. you offer them millions of dollars they don't get millions of dollars they're going to be livid that they're not going to be quiet about it and then every kid coming out is going to look at you like, oh, okay, you're offering me what? You're, you're full of shit. Everyone sees on ESPN you're full of shit. Right. Straight up. No, I – and it's it's interesting that the NCAA can come out and do that, Zach, because there are some high school – like there's some states where kids can make NIO money like from high school. I know I, – I don't know where it's passed, but I know in Ohio um, they brought that bill for uh, high school athletes to be able to make money from their name, image, and likeness. You think that kid signing with Ohio State or committing publicly to Ohio State doesn't help his value? Oh, exactly. Like, it might not be coming from the school, but that kid's going to be able to go make money one way or another. And right. the NCAA has shown they they're, they don't they're not they're not interested in enforcing any rules. I mean, you and I have talked about that Miami booster who got up on the space and was talking about how much money they gave the quarterback. They said, you know, we 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 gave a four million dollar deal to the point where the kid's agent, which the kid has an agent in high school, that's ridiculous. And Crazy. uh, and the kid's mom and him had to come out with a statement talking about, you know, we didn't. Uh, we didn't take any money. We swear like that. That McLaren was already in the driveway. It's not right. ours. Um, well, Zach, we do have an, an ad that we want to get to. Oh, yeah. Let's get to it. Proud sponsor of the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later podcast is Blue Chew. Head on over to bluetooth.com. Being intimate with your partner should be the best part of your day. When you get to have it. Don't let whatever happened during your day get in your head and ruin the fun. The Chewables from BlueChew.com can make your day a better one. It'll make sure you're able to perform at your best when you get the opportunity to have fun. Every man wants a winning team, front row seats to the big game, and a partner to heat things up in the bedroom. Blue Chew can help with the last one. Make sure you head on over. Don't be a slapdick. Get you some blue chew. Use it today. You don't want to be laughed at in the bed, gentlemen. And your ladies don't want to go chase somebody else down because you can't get it up. Head on over to bluechew.com. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and tell them that I sent you. Get you $5 off shipping using the promo code BELIEVE, and you can receive your first month free. Bluechew.com. Tell them I sent you. Peace. JB, you came just in time, man. We were talking about helping people get a hard dick. <laughs> hey, hey, man. Fucking Bluetooth. Ain't that a bitch? I got I to gotta, I gotta try one maybe one day. I've never tried that shit. Oh, you got to try it. I, I, I've, they, never had, I've, never had, I've never needed that shit, man. When well, it's not, it's, hey, it's not about need now. I'm just telling you. Like When, when they advertise on my show, I was like, hey, I want to try this shit. They're, so they sent me some, boy. It's it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so wait up, Zach. You're you're actually not only a client, <laughs> you're actually a fucking customer. So no, I'm the- not a customer. I didn't buy them. You know what I mean? They just sent me some, and I tried them out, and they work. Oh, they're fucking. They work. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not even about it's not even about that you that that like I don't need them, but. It'll be like nothing. Nothing happens. You're like, what the? What's going on? <laughs> hey, so now you at least can rep the shit. <laughs> Jeez, you guys are. What's up, fellas? Man. How you guys doing, man? You good? Oh good, yeah, man. How's it going, course? Man, it's fucking good, man. Hi. Don't ever fucking play with a pro. Don't ever play with this fucker. This fucker right here goes. He, so he's on the court. He's on the fucking. He's pin high on his fucking second shot every time, and I'm fucking everywhere. And I haven't played in three years. I'm like, motherfucker. So I, I'm out here feeling like a fucking epitome of a. <laughs> I'm the epitome of a slapstick fucking following this dude around. 
And it's hey. like, fuck me, man. I can't even fucking. Uh, I felt like I was a rookie, man, all over again. But but you are when you're next. That's what people don't get, man. Like Zach, you you were there. Urban Meyer, coaches, different shit. There is levels to shit. Yeah. People do not fucking understand it. No. But everybody I mean, you... on Twitter, everybody on Twitter can do what Pat Perez does every day. And they can coach like Zach Smith. Like, it's fucking unbelievable to me. It's like, goddamn. It's it's truly fucking unbelievable. Because you, you ever watch those guys, like, like play golf. And it's like, when, then you go out and try yourself. And you're like, fuck, how are they so good? It's amazing. Bro, I've never been. So we are on a big-time course here. And there wasn't a fucking soul on the course. We just played 18 holes in about two fucking hours, two and a half hours. And it's yeah. not a soul out here. Uh, Pat's got his own fucking court cart, fucking banging. We're beating fucking just straight easy NWA. The whole fucking <laughs> course is lit up. We're fucking smoking cigars, playing fucking 18 holes, man. Can't beat it. Gotta love it, man. Gotta oh, love it. Yeah. Well, we're in here talking about the future of college football, JB, and who needs to be the commissioner of the NCAA to fix this shit? Well, I do, but they won't what? hire me. So <laughs> that, that'll never happen. I'll fix the shit real fucking quick, but they'll never do that. Not caring assholes of America, NCAA will never do it. So, so tell me this. Yeah. What what would you do? Day one, what are you doing? Uh, well, if I got to – first of all, we're the only sport that has no commissioner. Like, there's, yeah. this, like it's the only major conglomerate that has no commissioner. So there's no governing body. That's the only reason you're seeing what's happening with transfers, with NILs, with coaching deals. Like, you know, you got – a long time ago, remember George O'Leary? They wouldn't even report his salary at UCF. Because yeah. people people are like, fuck, it's a private school. We don't know how much he's making. He was making more money than Bowden was at Florida State. And nobody yeah. knew it. Nobody yeah. knew it. And uh, I think it's very – there's a discrepancy on a lot of that shit, man. Because if you don't have an equal deal, especially if you're Power 5. I can see if you're Group of 5, of course. But the Power 5 coaches, um, you're, you're expected to recruit the same kids. But Nick Saban across the way is making 10 mil. And you're at Kentucky making two. There's a big problem. Now, I know the schools can pay what they want. The commissioner probably won't be involved in that, but I believe you got to bring some type of level playing field as far as all aspects. And I believe it starts with, you know, with, with hiring processes, how they're hiring, who they're hiring. Yeah. And uh, so much nepotism goes on. Even if you don't directly hire a coach that's your nephew or brother or sister or cousin, your buddy's hiring this, your son, though. Your buddy's hiring your son at A&M, though. I mean – the guy K State, the guy that's there now, who left uh, whatever South Dakota State or whatever, uh, you know, he calls up Jimbo and Jimbo hires his son over at A and M. This guy's yeah. never fucking coached in his life, so yeah. it's still nepotism. It, it's it's just it's just called uh, you know, it's coordinated nepotism. So I don't no, know. I would cut that out. Go ahead. No, I just it absolutely is, and I look at you know my former intern, who's actually he's he's a really good football coach. So I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. But he was a he was a quality control guy at Ohio State. He's also happens to be married to Urban Meyer's daughter. Well, Urban Meyer hands the keys to Ohio State to Ryan Day, and guess who Ryan hires as his own replacement? Urban's son-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the NFL. So you're telling me you're telling me that Belichick's sons, the one that looks like a crackhead, and the other one. Damn it! You're telling me, and these are white men. And how many white DBs are there in the NFL? Okay, but you're telling me there's not another motherfucker out there in the world who can coach Belichick's kids better? That just shows you coaching's overrated, man, because Belichick's running that shit, and that shit is like fucking clockwork, and it, Belichick don't need no fucking coaches. But he's hired no. his sons to coach backers and, and DBs, and there's no way that those kids have the the, the attention of these fucking guys. But no. it's what it is, man. You you can see it when Belichick's guys go get head jobs, right? It's like, oh, maybe his his assistants aren't that great. It's just him. He's just that guy. Name we want. Name me one coach that has left him and done good. Name me one. Nobody. I mean, you could you could in a very roundabout way, and I know it's college football, but you could you could try to claim Saban. That's about Mm -hmm. it. And you can't really claim them. They coach together. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and Saban was an epic failure in the NFL. And but that wasn't Saban's that. fault. That was not Saban's fault. I mean, Pete Carroll, I mean, I'm, I'm be honest. 
Vrabel is not a Belichick coach. He's a player. No. People yeah. don't realize that. People want to always say Vrabel. Well, first of all, Vrabel hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. And second of all, he wasn't a coach. He's a player of Bill, former player of Belichick. He, he, so I want to make sure we're clear. He's not a former coach of Belichick. So, no. uh, but you know, you, you've had uh what's his name that left and went to the Texans? Uh, Bill O'Brien. Uh, the DC. Now Bill O'Brien, but he went uh, to Penn State first and then came back. Yeah. But uh, the big brother, what's Ro- his name? Romeo uh, Cornell. Romeo Cornell. He, he, you know, he's 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 written to ship, but he really didn't win nothing. Uh, know. You know, uh, you're, you're going to see this year what happens at the Raiders because he was an epic failure in Denver. Um, yeah. Matt, so, Pat- Matt Patricia might be the worst head coach in NFL history ever, and now he's ever. an OC. He's a defensive guy, and now he's the OC apparently. So it's it's just it's just. Uh, Brian Flores, you consider him a, a gigantic bust, or, or did he get kind of get a raw deal? That's kind of the one that that is not really yeah. fair to talk about. But yeah, I think he got a raw deal because he was turning him and he was winning, and actually yeah. he beat Belichick three out of four times. So yeah. he beat him head to head the three out of four times. But that's kind of the one. You know, he kind of I think he kind of committed uh, coaching suicide by 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 doing that, even though. You know, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. It's still suicide, though. Like he doesn't. It is, man. It is what it is. It's a good old boy network these guys are in. So you got to realize that shit. So he's gonna go. He's climbing up. You know, he's pissing up a rope, Mm -hmm. uh, fucking with Belichick and them. So, you know, luckily Tomlin hired him. You ever see anybody piss up a rope? For sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, the reason the reason I said that wasn't Nick Saban's fault, man, is because I think Nick Saban would would have done a good job there. But that, but that doctor, that doctor said that Drew Brees could never play again. And that's kind of what drove Nick Saban back to, back to college football because they couldn't find a quarterback there because they tried to sign him in Miami, and that doctor said, no, he will never be able to throw a ball over 20 yards. J- Jimmy Johnson said it best. The NFL from college is not – it's not a di- world's difference. It's a galaxy difference. Mm. It's different, man, every aspect of it. You, you can't talk to them like you once did. You can't demand of them what you once did in college. And now they're making more money than you, the head coach. So you have to realize it's a different deal. And it takes a special cat to get grown men to run through a wall for you. Uh, and like you holding over a scholarship over a kid's head like, you know, Zach was a, was witness to for years. You know, you had something over him at least. Now with the NILs and everything else, I believe college is turning into the NFL. It's free agency without a return, basically. Yeah. Um, would you salary cap NIL deals, Coach? Like, would you, if, as a commissioner, would you say, you know what, that's the cap on NIL? You can't make more than two hundred grand a year. You don't need it. Lane Kiffin came out and said it the other day. I spoke to Lane about this in the past. I, I would put a cap on it because Lane's the one that told me, and it made sense. He was like, "Dude, this is this is free agency without a return," and I, I would cap it. But but you know, I wouldn't do any of that. I, I would do a D2 model, Zach. I would put them on a .5 scholarship system. So you bring 85 in and you half some of them. Yeah. So you can get double the amount. And, and those half scholarship guys, they get less money than the five-star kid or the four-star kid or whatever. So you half scholarship them like the D2 model so you can get more kids. And you make up monies on other things. Like, you know, if, you, if a kid can sell a jersey or a video game or fucking whatever – they get more money, but uh, but the scholarship portion of it is how the NIL deal should have been created, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Every kid on the roster on a scholarship for the ten semesters they're they're in college, five years, they should have had an NIL deal based on their scholarship dollars. So not just financial aid money. They should have got scholarship payments for their full five years, and that money should have been decent enough where they weren't having to worry about ends and 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 rent and all that shit like they have been for the last fifty years. So that's what I would have did with with uh, the NIL, not making it um, selling jerseys because the backup quarterback, the backup left tackle, the fucking third string corner, they're not making, they're not selling jerseys, and right. now they're in the locker room looking at everybody sideways when they're not making money, and and Bryce Young is making fucking three million dollars, and the backup ain't making shit. So right, you know now they're looking to transfer. So I don't know the, the you know the commissioner of. It would be interesting, man. The commissioner is a good question. The commissioner needs to do come in there and, and gut the place, man. He needs to start over, in my opinion. You got to start over, and and you got to find a happy. You got to find a, a a full, you know, a niche. Uh, sorry, make everything even, and uh, and I don't think you have. I don't think that, that anyone's uh, made it made it fair on all levels. 
No, and I think the first thing they got to do is they got to legitimize the NCAA office because right now they have all kinds of rules. They don't enforce those motherfuckers, but they've got rules. So the first thing that whoever whoever takes it over eventually needs to come in and say, all right, this is now a legitimate operation. Like if we say you can't do something, motherfucker, you can't do it. Facts. Zach, when JV gets on our show, man, I have to ask him what he thinks about Quinn Ewers. Like I just have to, I have to know what he thinks about Quinn. Yeah. Because 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 our boy Quinn Ewers, man, never stepped foot on campus before he even stepped foot on campus. He had a had a two million dollar deal just sitting there waiting for him. And you and I, we watched the uh, what Michigan State game together. And yeah. I said, man, like, get him out there. Let him throw a pass or two. Let, let him earn his money. Like, I think Quinn Ewers ended his Ohio State career with two handoffs and two million dollars. Um, and it was the third string. And it's like, like I don't know how it was a handoff. It's crazy. Straight I- up. My guy JB got that that Chris Drew Wi-Fi package apparently. Look, he, if you guys don't, if you guys didn't listen to our show today, Chris Chris is struggling over there with his Wi-Fi. So I think JB connected to your fucking router, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it must have, and it's not my router, man. So the AC at work went out, man. So like Crazy. everything got super hot in this, and I work at a radio station, so it's like a tech building. Everything went down, man. So I got to leave work early, Zach. I want you to know because I couldn't download songs, couldn't put anything in. So that's why I'm here. Um, in, uh, in, you know, my favorite DJ's basement <laughs> doing the All show. Right, Chris, let's get to your stupid ass comparisons. So Chris, we, we Chris put a list together of, of college football quarterbacks that are going to be NFL in the NFL mm-hmm. in a year, right? Draft eligible, whatever you want to say, call it. And he's got comparisons on here. Well, no, this is, this is the equivalent. Like this is what they mean to one another. Not saying that they are going to be that, but this is the equivalent challenge. I'd have to, I'd have to sit and think harder and ask you about comparisons, but I want I want you to tell me how far off base I am or if you can see it. All right. And then we're going to talk about some quarterbacks. Yeah. All right. CJ Stroud is to college football kind of what Matt Stafford is uh, to the Rams. How off base am I? Um, I mean, I think so. I guess going back, so I'm the only I gave you that was the one I gave you. Yeah, you so that's a good one. <laughs> I, I, I might I might change mine uh, right now. I think they have similar skill sets, but okay. what they mean to their level of football, I think he is more Aaron Rodgers. I think he's truly the best quarterback in college football, and you can miss me with anyone else. He really is the last season. He was the best quarterback in college football, mm-hmm. and he will be again this year projected so i think he is aaron Rodgers and matt stafford's i mean matt stafford won a super bowl he was he's a great player i think their style is more similar than aaron Rodgers, but i think he is cj stroud right now to me is qb1 i was gonna say joe burrow when i did it but like i i couldn't get over like the toughness factor like the gun burrow toughness like the the do whatever it takes kind of thing but i mean they just like just in terms of like dicing teams up there's not many quarterbacks that dice teams up. Like Speaking of Joe Burrow, I meant to co- mention this to Coach JB, and I think it was Ryan Clark. Don't quote me on that. But there's a video. LaShawn McCoy. It was LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy saying, Kenny Pickett, Joe Burrow, I don't see no, I don't see no difference. And I'm sitting there like, whoa. Going back to what the fuck do we have these guys talking on camera for? Like, what? That's an NFL player, Zach. I was so disappointed by an NFL player saying that. And the other guys in the room, like, wanted to check him. They were like, nah, we don't want to make Buddy feel stupid. But it's like, come on now. Kenny Pickett, small hands Kenny Pickett. Mr. I was in college six years. Mr. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won the ACC one time compared to Heisman Trophy winner, national title, greatest offense ever. Best college football season of a quarterback in the history of the game. So I, I wanted to mention that you just said Joe Burrow it made me think of it. So I'm 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 good with Stroud as Aaron Rodgers. What do you in in the comments? Tell us we're fucked up and wrong, or let us know who who you think CJ Stroud is. Go ahead. Who else you got? So I got Bryce Young. This one was easy for me. Russell Wilson holds onto the ball a little bit too long. Does does a lot with bad offensive lines. Um, utilizes weapons, kind of elevates guys around him. I mean, obviously, like like Mechie was. I mean is a good, you know, wide receiver, not a great one. Bryce Young made him a great one. Um, and that, that's what I have is, is uh, for, for Bryce Young. How far am I off base with that one? Holds on to the ball a little bit too long sometimes. Likes no, to I, like, I, I think that's good. I mean, runs, you know, is mobile, makes plays, you know, creates things for the offense. I think that, too, that, that Bryce Young does all of that. I think Russ is a great comparison. So Spencer Rattler I have is Carson Wentz. Um, lots of arm talent. Can make all the throws. Um, but sometimes you wonder what's going on in the head. Do they love football? And then, like, they make some throws that are like, wow, that's incredible. Other times, it's like, 
yo, what the hell was that? And additionally, their their teammates don't particularly like them because of the arrogance and the uh, the cockiness that comes with them playing quarterback. So uh, he's he's not here. Let me see if I get, he's not in the NFL right now. But Spencer Rattler, especially when they were talking about he was going to be the number one overall pick going into last season, he reminds me of Jim McMahon so much. Just kind of a shades on, cocky, arrogant motherfucker that just thinks he's thinks so highly of himself. Just his ego's out through the roof. I think Spencer Rattler is Jim McMahon. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're going to talk about talent or like skill set, I, I can see Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz just he's a ginger. Like he's kind of, he seems like I've Damn never met a ginger. That's not a, not, a, it's not a nice guy. You know what I mean? Have you ever met an asshole ginger? No, never. The only gingers I've met that are assholes or maybe they have a chip on their shoulder. Cause they got picked on a lot. Cause they were a ginger, but I mean, Spencer Rattler is a dick. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz just seems like a nice ginger. They're both kind of gingers, aren't they? Isn't Spencer Rattler's hair pretty close I don't know to what ginger? The fuck Spencer Rattler is. He's like a fucking zebra. I don't know what he Damn is. It. I mean, he's, no, he's like a melting pot, I think. But Carson Wentz is disliked, man. Like, the Eagles hated him. The Eagles loved Nick Foles. Like, Car- all the stories that came out on the Eagles was like, Carson Wentz is an- like it's annoying, he's arrogant, doesn't love football. There's a lot of stories coming out when he was there, which is why it was so easy to get to get rid of him. And then, obviously, went to kind of a worse situation um, in going to Washington. Or well, he was the Colts first, but I mean, same deal. Spencer Rattler kind of got booted from from Oklahoma, and now he's at, at uh, South Carolina with our guy Trey Lance. Um, not Trey Lance with our who's with our guy Shane Beamer. Um, Caleb Williams. I have missed Trey Lance, man, because I don't think anybody really knows what Caleb Williams can be. Yeah, I, I that's that's the reality of it, right? We didn't we didn't get to watch a lot of Caleb Williams. We saw him make some good plays with his feet. Mm-hmm. We saw, you know, obviously the one crazy play that he made uh against kansas to beat kansas yeah to beat kansas i mean so yeah trey trey lance is a good comparison like no idea what he's what he is could and and, you know i might even go a little more yeah i mean that's good trey lance is good like people people think he's really good but in reality Mm -hmm. no idea he might be might not be it's like you hear about how raw and athletic these guys are but then they get on the football field and they're not quite a quarterback playing quarterback yet they're more of an athlete playing quarterback so they do something. <laughs> That's what I was asking, goofy. man. <laughs> is that not the goofiest motherfucker in l- looking dude in college football? Damn, they finna don't don't let South Carolina fans find this man. They're gonna kill us. But see, he's kind like, of a is ginger he, is too. He a, is he a ginger? Is he a white guy? Is he is he like what is? I don't know what he is. If he said the n word, I would call my mom. And I, would, <laughs> I mean, I that's would... a goofy looking son of a bitch, though, right? <laughs> is it not? It is, man. It is. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to bully buddy because I get bullied for my hair too. So I'm not trying to. <laughs> anyway, um, Aiden O'Connell is Kirk Cousins. I like it. Aiden O'Connell is just that guy that, that gets the job done. Like is a distributor. You you know, you don't, you don't have a problem. Like if he's, mm-hmm. if he's a starting quarterback at any school in the country right now, you'd be like, I'm not mad about it. Right. He's not going to be CJ Stroud, not crazy arm talent, but he he just kind of gets the job done. I like it. Kirk Cousins is a good one. What do you in the chat? Let us know if uh, Aiden O'Connell. Is, what's a good comparison? Oh my he, god! Someone said someone said that Spencer Rattler looks like if Voldemort and Andy Dalton had a kid. <laughs> damn it! Damn it! I hate. I, I someone's going to find this dog. Go back. Someone's going to kill us for this. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I you do. Can't be a, you can't be that big <laughs> an asshole as he was on that documentary You're and right. not get flamed. I mean, he's a grown man. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's the goofiest looking son of a bitch in college football. You know what flew under the radar on that documentary, Zach? Was he told one of his other quarterbacks on the team that Jack Miller was better than him? And that was like a big insult. And it's like, damn, why, why did Jack Miller get tossed into this? Like, yeah. what's it fuck me for? Like, Jack Miller is the nicest kid, comes from a really nice family, was a really good quarterback in Arizona. To use him as a this point felt a little strange. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's like, no who, doubt. Who bullies the nice kid? Okay, Hendon Hooker. This this one is was the toughest one for me. But I have missed Justin Fields because I think the arm talent's there. I think the upside is there. And I think both of them are just kind of scratching the surface in terms of their development, both transfers. To me, I could see Hendon Hooker taking a monumental leap the same way I could see Justin Fields taking the same leap in the NFL. Am I yeah. off base here? No, you're not. I mean, I, I think Justin Fields, to take that kind of leap in the NFL, he needs so many pieces that I think mm-hmm. it's just an unfair. It's just unfair. Yeah. 
it's just the reality of it. I, I think I think it's a good comparison, though. Very talented. Um, haven't really seen him have much success. Square you know, flashed, jaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flashed here and there. Tough kids that if they get the right pieces around them, they could really become something. So I think that's a great comparison. And my final one, and then we're going to address Kirby Smart lying to all of us. Stenson Bennett is Jimmy G. You give him a good defense. You give him a good tight end. You put pieces around him, and you give him good, safe play calling, and he he won't lose you games, and he's scrappy enough to win you games. I was proud about this one. You're saying Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Stenson Bennett. Uh, I like it. Not good enough, but gets the job done. He's a winner. He's a baller. I I, mm-hmm. I think you're you're on it. I so here's the real good. question, Chris. You left off a team, and I want to know both of their quarterbacks. The Michigan team up north. Who is Cade McNamara? I, I don't know, man. Like who? I I have no clue who Cade McNamara is. I think like, Cade McNamara is Jared Goff. Oh, not terrible. Not mm-hmm. quite good enough, right? If you had a roster that was loaded, he'd probably be okay, but he's not going to go out and win you games. Mm-hmm. He's probably at the golf club. He's, you know, he's out golfing instead of, you know, getting with his receivers and throwing around a little bit. No, I, I can see it. Definitely very Jared Goff. As Jared Goff, I mean, of all the number one overall picks I've seen, he was the most regular. Like, Jerry, like you, you, I mean, you coached against him in college. Like, golf was just so regular, but yet yeah. just did enough and was a nice enough kid and a good enough looking dude and pushed the love buttons that the Rams were like, you know what? Number one overall pick, he's ours. We'll take him. So, I mean, I guess that's a good one. What about J.J. McCarthy, though? Who is J.J.? Because we haven't seen him really at all. He's kind of been the wildcat quarterback for them. I I honestly think he's Kyler Murray. I think he's he's a hell of an athlete that has has played, you know, he just showed flashes last year, kind of like Kyler has shown flashes and has the, the chance to be a really good quarterback, but it's just so much unknown. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, JJ Zach Wilson, that could be one as well. I mean, I'm I mean, Zach Wilson was was a gamer at BYU, absolutely. My I, here's the thing. I really like JJ. But Zach, I'm not an idiot. Like I don't trust Jim Harbaugh to get the most out of JJ. No. And because but, of that, I think he's. I think he picked a place out of spite for Ohio State, and I think because of that, he didn't go to a place that was going to adequately develop him. He's going to get on yeah. the field, but I'm just worried that the kid's going to get killed when he gets on the field because they're not going to do anything to help him. No. I mean, they had him running the wildcat dog. Like I, th- I think he's a good passer, too good of a passer to run the wildcat. They're treating him like you guys treated Tate Martell. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's how he was being treated. So, um, so, so we'll see on that. Now, our guy Kirby Smart talked a little bit about Stenson Bennett. We started to address this a little bit on our show. Zach, how many years, if you had to bet on it, until Georgia commits fully to a dynamic quarterback in their offense? Well, I, I think they need to need to fail a little bit now. They they're coming off a high, so they they're, they're not going to change or tweak the model right now. They just want it all, right? Mm-hmm. I think this fall will be the eye opener. If Hendon Hooker is as good as I think he can be, Bryce Young has the year he's should have. I think they're going to see some dynamic quarterback play. I mean, Mississippi State, Kentucky, like Arkansas has a hell of a quarterback in KJ Jefferson. I think they're going to see some dynamic quarterback play in conference and look at Stetson Bennett and be like, "Damn." Love him. He's like the coach's kid that gives you everything, right? And and brings you orange slices at halftime. Like they just they love him, but they just are gonna realize this year, in my opinion, that they need an elite NFL guy to consistently do what they did in 2021. And that's win it all. So I think this year is gonna be an eye-opener for them, and they're gonna have to really go out and get a big time quarterback, whether it's the transfer portal, one of these high school kids that they 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 have to develop. Maybe they switch coordinators because Todd Monkin. Not that guy. Um, whatever it is, I think they're going to have some realizations this year. I think it'll take two years, Zach, and here's why. I, I think once everybody in the SEC, there are some certain schools that seem like they're trending up with, with the league quarterback play. I think that in two years, whoever's starting quarterback at Ole Miss is going to have a really, really big-time year, similarly to Matt Corral, and they are recruiting well as well. So I think that if Ole Miss spikes and Tennessee spikes – and teams are making these games much, much closer, and Alabama continues to be have dynamic quarterback play, I think one of those teams catches and beats Georgia, and I think it's going to have to be a bad beat. They're going to have to get beat by two touchdowns or more. The same way where Ohio State kind of got beat by Clemson, and it was like, all right, 
throw the whole thing away. We're redoing the whole yeah. offense. Alabama, they got beat by elite, but you guys had really good passing attack, good quarterback play. Nick Saban said, we're done. You can have your way. Like, like I no longer want to just pound the rock. We, we need to go get it. I think it's going to take a bad loss. Not not a close, like a bad loss to one of those type Egg teams. on your face. Yes, for them yeah. to change. Because at some point, it's got to happen. Now, that's that, and that's why I think Kirby Smart has such a leg up on a guy like Harbaugh. Harbaugh gets the egg on the face every other year. Like, like they get beat bad every year. And guess what they never do? They never change. they never change the offense. Right. It's, you know, they say they change it. They say they're they're doing all these creative things. They'll take the egg to the face and be like, you know what? We're going to wipe the egg off. We're going to try to dodge it next time because we're that good. Um, and I think Kirby is going gonna, is gonna to see that and kind of adjust. So that's where I'm at with that, especially if they get in the playoffs, Zach, and Lincoln Riley and, and, and USC beats them. And if they beat him, it'll be strictly with great quarterback play. And I think that'll be the wake-up call to Kirby Smart. You can't do this forever. And now, especially with their number one quarterback in the state of Georgia committing to Bama, when Bama already has a top 10 quarterback, at some point this has to ring. And if that kid ends up beating UGA, it's a wrap. Like, it's a wrap. It, it, it's a wrap. You got to change it. So, Zach, I don't know if anything else I want to hit unless you want to keep going, dog. It's up to you. It's your world. I'm just living in it. Life of the intern. <laughs> no, I appreciate everybody for tuning in to Menace Takeover here on Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, the real Coach JB's uh, show, his platform, his YouTube channel. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe, like the video, comment something to flame Chris. We always flame Chris in the comments. That's what we do. It's company policy. I wrote it in our company's HR manual. You have to flame Chris. <laughs> Number one. So flame Chris for me. Appreciate everybody. Menace out.